Welcome back to another episode, Truffle Hunters. On today's episode, I'm going to give you my uh, review and opinions on Disney and Lucasfilm's latest Star Wars television series titled Ahsoka. It was fairly obvious from early trailers, especially the trailer that premiered like Comic-Con in the summer that now seems like, looking back on it, like was that fucking July or something like that, thinking like, damn, October is a long ways away, not even October, like uh, September. Yeah, I think September released, like, mil-September, if I'm correct. Um, and now, here we are, a week and a few days into October, and the Ahsoka series has just had its final episode. It's not clear if this is just season one or if it's just going to be a one-shot or whatever, what's going on, it's not exactly, they haven't been 100% clear on whether or not it's going to get renewed. It feels like the way they left things off is not, it, it, there's an ending, but it's a more of a season finale and not a series, you know what I'm saying? It's not concluding, I feel like there's potentially, you know, one more season left in that particular part of the Mandoverse, because, you know, all these these shows, Ahsoka, The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, they're all connected to the Mandalverse, which is going to build and crescendo in a Mandalverse film for the uh, big screen experiment, experiment, no, experience in the cinema. So this series serves more so to kind of, seems like they're setting up Grand Admiral Thrawn to be the big bad, you know, the, the, for lack of a better reference, you know, we're all going to be saying this until the earth stops spinning, but he is the Thanos of this particular part uh, of, of the Star Wars universe right now. Um, this series also pretty much serves as a live screen adaption of is it called Star Wars was it Star Wars Rebels? I think so. I think that's what it's called Star Wars Rebels. Um <coughs> a commonality that these Disney Plus shows share is that they all have so much heavy exposition in early episodes and barely any action getting done. I mean, the fair fair play given to them because there were, you know, at least once an episode there was a lightsaber being ignited. So, you know, it wasn't completely actionless, but you do have a lot of scenes of Rosario Dawson's iteration of Ahsoka just standing there, crossing your arms, 
intensively thinking about something and just kind of smirking, maybe a memory of her master Anakin or something or memories of the clones she served with. It's a lot of that for the first four episodes. This is like a seven or eight series. And that's what I'm saying is that these, these shows have this sagging beginning where it's, you know, it's, it's for me at least, you know, because I look at this, this, this media through a different um, lens. And it's more of a, a um, speculative, you know, critical look. Like, I've learned to hone those skills as time has gone on, but I'm looking at it more from a reviewer's point of view than just a viewer's point of view. No, slight, slight difference. And so it's, it kind of pains me to say that, you know, it is decent, but you have to stick with it. You got to get through some of the, the slog to get to the, the good meat on the bone. And, uh, unfortunately, Ahsoka is like this, you know, like it does have cool shit happening. Like I said, there's lightsaber fights. Sabine Wren has got her own lightsaber. It's there's a lot of action, sparingly, you know. But this is more and and when I say that it got interesting, it gets interesting towards the end. That's not like I'm not saying that the action ticks up or nothing like that. I'm saying the plot finally, finally, we know like it's we've had these trailers and so it's kind of like you should you should get to, um. Finding Grana, it, it took them a minute to get to the real story. They had to do these side quests where Ahsoka has to go back. And, you know, I guess she was uh, a master for Ahsoka, or um, Ahsoka was a master for Ahsoka. No, Ahsoka was Sabine Wren's master, but she, I guess they had a fall, falling out of some. So Ahsoka has to do a side quest where she gets Sabine back and, like, hey, we good? We need to, I have a line on Ezra. We should go find him. And I think if they would have started the journey, you know, you got the first episode, she has to travel to the priest, uh, the, the Night Sisters um, temple to find this orb that's a map. I think if that that would have that business would have picked up, because then there's a whole nother little side story where they're dealing with remnants of the Empire and, and rogue droids attacking them and whatnot. I feel like they could have not taken three or four episodes to build the slow narrative of are they or aren't they, you know, obviously they are. And we should just, should, I wish they would not have played around with that question so much to make it linger and seem like as if Sabine wouldn't take up any chance to go find Ezra Bridger. I wish Ahsoka would have done a little less arm crossing and smirking and more like Get in the action. You are the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker. And, you know, spoilers. I waited till when it comes, I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast episode, then you've already seen the full series. You know, as I've said before, I don't feel like it's right to judge something that's not film, like on cinematic, you know, if it's episode, episodic, my bad. Um, 
I feel like it's best to wait for the full meal and consume it and then give my thoughts. You can't have pieces of a meal brought to your table, take a couple nibbles, get up, slam your napkin on the table and rush out and to go write an angry review on Google. You've got to eat that whole fucking meal before you write that that nasty review on Google, you know? One bite, everybody knows. <laughs> but that rule doesn't apply. I'm not Dave Portnoy. I'm not Dave Portnoy and that rule doesn't apply to the Entertainment Beyond show. I've got to consume it all, all the bites. And then everybody will know. With that being said, it was so fucking cool to see Hayden Christensen back in live action form in his Clone Wars armor, the Clone War era. I'm assuming closer towards the end. Yeah, closer to the end because Ahsoka's a teenager by then. And to see her in live action and realize that, because cartoons, you know, the time doesn't really pass with animation, it passes differently. But seeing live action representation of teenage Ahsoka, you know, teenage snips, um, really put it into perspective like, damn, she really was skilled because she tiny and she took on Darth Maul. But granted, Darth Maul wasn't. He might have gained, actually, a few inches when Obi-Wan bisected his ass and then he got those medical, metal uh, spider legs. Um, he might have got a couple inches, but she's still shorter than him, but she took his ass down. And so it was just, it kind of, it kind of, especially, and, and another thing it does, it really also puts into to play in motion the realization that she was very much like, a child child fighting wars. And it was kind of heartbreaking in a way to see that the whole world between worlds mini saga with Anakin and Ahsoka catching up Anakin's final lesson to his Padawan um was very moving. I felt you know, lots of us nerds do different shit when things strike a chord with us emotionally. I'm not one to get weepy or something like that, but every time something like this happens, I do start to feel a little tickle in my eye. Never full cry. It's just, you know, a little light tickle. Um, it was good to see Hayden back. It was great. It's nice that all this time later and, you know, as cliche as it's become, because every time something catches on, everybody runs it into the ground. But it is nice to see that Hayden got his flowers. You know, everybody loved Ewan McGregor's turn as Obi-Wan. Like, he never had to worry about that shit. But unfortunately, you know, admittedly, due to some of George Lucas's more shoddy, um, writing dialogue um Hayden Christensen was kind of unfairly uh lambasted and I I had known him you know he'd done some shit before this a show called Higher Ground dealt with teenagers and drug addiction and going to a like an outdoor school extreme shit you know conquering your addiction through 
basically getting high off adrenaline by doing stream shit. It was it was interesting teen drama shit. And uh then of course he did a film called Shattered Glass where he was a biographical film where he uh stars as I believe the writer's name is Richard Glass and it was a really famous scandal at that time he dude had, you know, written a bunch of articles that were bullshit and he got real famous and it's a good film. You know, um, what the fuck is the name of that movie with Kevin Klein? Something House. Um, and he stars in that. This is some of these are post um, Attack of the Clones, at least, and maybe post Revenge of the Sith. Now that I think about it, but my point is, he's he's a good actor, and it's just nice to see that. After him being shunned and, you know, he kind of, he's, you know, he was in Takers. He's been in stuff here and there, but, you know, never as prominent as you would have thought that he would have been following the the role of a lifetime. I mean, he is Anakin Skywalker. Same as Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker. The same as Harrison Ford and, and I guess, fucking now, um... Uh, can't think of his name, but he played in the fucking prequel that I never watched. It's the only Han Solo I know of is Harrison Ford. I don't need no backstory for the dirty ass smuggler who shot Greedo first. I know what the deal is. I don't need you to uh, Elden Ehrenreich or something like that. Close to that. Um, to you know, there's only one Car or one one Princess Leia. It's Carrie Fisher. Um. I guess what I'm trying to say, long-winded talking side, sorry, is uh, when you get to that episode, the world between, it's not called the world between worlds, I don't know what's called, the episode title itself, but once you get to that, it's amazing, and to see that, you know, because I was having trouble understanding for a second, like, is this, is this just a trick of the, the dark side of the force, is this some Night Sister witchcraft shit, like, what's going on here, and to see that, you know, there, cause there are rumors out there that if you, if you watched, and this is the thing about this Ahsoka show is that if you haven't been ear to the ground on what's been going down through Star Wars and it's, you know, trans, we're at a point where it's transmedia where now the, the animation is the prelude to the live action and there will be, you know, books and comic books to tie in maybe some audio books. You know, we're really in the transmedia phase. Of, of super fandom, and uh, uh, probably translate with the video games and two and shit. And it's, it's getting to a point. I kept thinking this, you know, I know enough that I wasn't like lost, lost, but it's getting to a point where you have to start doing your homework to catch up on some shit. Cause it's not just, you know, episode to episode. Now it's episode. 10 mini episodes and then episode and maybe 10, 20, 30 other mini episodes and episode. It's, it's, it's getting to a point where I kept thinking like, man, if I was someone just coming into this, just, you know, hearing, you know, maybe Rosario Dawson or because Ray Stevenson or Lars Mickelson or any name that acted in the show, um, maybe I'm just a mainstream person who's consuming this without 
even base knowledge of the universe, you'd be very confused on things like what's going on with Anakin Skywalker if you hadn't seen him and uh, hadn't seen him since uh since either Revenge of the Sith or since um his brief Force Ghost cameo at the end of Return of the Jedi, you'd be pretty confused on what what's up with him. And essentially, the way I understand is that in the um in the Star Wars Rebels, there's a there's an episode where who the fuck is it? Anakin. It's not Star Wars Rebels. It's fucking Star Wars Clone Wars, and Anakin and somebody else, I think Anakin and Ahsoka, go to the world between worlds, and they meet the Mortis gods, I believe they're called. And there's a father, then there's a brother, and there's a sister, and the sister represents light, and the brother represents the dark side. And then there's a father who represents the balance. And the father keeps the brother and sisters from fighting. One thing leads to another, and Ahsoka is slain in the world between worlds. So the sister force heals her, essentially making Ahsoka the new sister of the light. And the brother of the dark, I believe he kills the father. Basically, essentially, Anakin, it seems like Anakin has become... The, he he's fulfilled his destiny because you get in in the in the the let's call them visions in the world between worlds spot. Um, you get Anakin at points. There are flashes of light, and he appears as Darth Vader, and then other times he's just Anakin. And and he even there's even a line where Ahsoka's talking to him, and she's kind of refusing to go along with what Anakin is suggesting where they, he wants to train her one more, more, one more lesson. And he's like, come on, you're not going to go. And he's like, she says something. I can't remember. Forgive me, but I can't remember what she said. And he's like, Oh, you're going to make this about that. Referring to his fall from grace, his turn to the dark side. And I just, when, when this kicked in, I was like, Oh man, this is sometimes, I mean, I know it sounds stupid, but sometimes, with the things I watch, it can, this, I'm not really getting paid for this, but we can call this a job or this side job, or this side hustle. Sometimes this, this deal of reviewing things will make you jaded because you start to see the seams and you start to, you know, once you consume enough media, you can kind of see the flow of where things are going or, you know, where they're coming from, where they're going and where they're going to end up. And it can leave you feeling like, you know, when, especially when you have to review something, just kind of, I don't want to say numb, but it does take the wonder, at least for me, out of, you know, the wonder and enjoyment out of it a little bit. But watching this, this series, especially the, the back half episodes, sometimes I just had to pause it and just pinch myself because I never thought that I would be here. You know, I remember after the fucking, the Revenge of the Sith had premiered and came out and whatnot. Still the best of the prequel series, by the way. I will fight you with a dark saber on that one if you disagree. The best film out of the three prequel movies is Revenge of the Sith. But uh, I, I remember hearing after that came out, back when George Lucas still had control over the IP, that uh, he had like written scripts for 
200 episodes of a live-action TV series. And that was in active development hell for a long, long time. And it never came to pass. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of, I'm not even going to say us Star Wars fans, a lot of Star Wars fans bullied the man, said, demanded that it should be taken away from him, that his, his creation should be taken away from him. Like, what kind of insane, entitled asshole bullshit is that? Some very ass-clownish behavior. Um, he eventually got tired of the bullshit and gave it up, gave it to Disney and then gave a lot of the money to charities. Um, things would happen. We know that when, uh, whatever. It's still just, it's unreal to me sometimes that I'm watching this shit on a fucking television screen. Like it just, it just blows my mind. Um, you know, they do find they're the, they're, it just, the other problem with having such a short season, I applaud them for, you know, there's a whole reason, there's a whole science and mathematician, math, mathematical reason for why they do 22 or 23 episodes per season, per season on television shows like network television. That's mostly, it doesn't really apply so much anymore, but if your if your TV show lasted a hundred episodes, there was a lot of contractual things that would state that you would get um, syndication residuals, which means that you know pretty much for perpetuity, which is throughout the rest of time for your family, your your estate after you pass on, um, gets a paycheck, you know. Anytime a show plays a repeat, if the series has reached 100 episodes, that's what would happen. And other benefits to it, too, is longer form writing and, and narrative can lead to more fully formed feeling um, stories and characters. And uh, that is one thing Balin Skull and his apprentice, Shen Hati, feel very, very underdeveloped. It, it, and that's what I mean by saying that the, the series has more of a finale, like a season finale vibe than a series finale, where things are very, very much left in the air, and you get them early, but they really, as much as it kind of felt like they were going to be main opposition in the trailers, um, they turned out to be little more than most of the time, just two people dressed in black who would mug for the camera. Um, Ray Stevenson's character had definitely had a better type of pathos, and you, it was interesting that he knew Anakin Skywalker. He was there for the Clone Wars. Obviously, he was older gentleman, so he was going to be there for the Clone Wars or whatnot. Um, Shin Hati seems to be someone who was like Ezra Bridger. Bridger was found after the the after you know, the Empire fell or or whatnot, or I, I'm not sure, actually. Yeah, no, after the Empire fell, because this is taking place post-Return of the Jedi, so this is pre-sequel trilogy. Um, well, the show's just kind of frustrating. So, you know, uh, like we all know, Sabine finds Ezra first. I'll, I won't spoil everything. Um, They find each other again. It's a touching moment. Thing I think, personally, even though a lot of our Everybody on the internet doesn't. 
I think that the uh, person they chose to play as a Bridger looks enough like him. You're not going to be able to get exact one-to-one because it's a fucking 2D with 3D render over it uh, drawing for animation. So they're not going to be one exact one-to-one copies. But I think the the actor did a was embodied as a Bridger, as Bridger you know. Um, yes, we do end up, as we knew from the trailers, we find Thrawn too. He's hanging out, chilling with three night sisters, you know, just plotting. Um, I found it just some of the, the writing for the characters to be frustrating, you know? So you have the last episode and you know, you know that they have to, go and find the bad guy and they have to fight him. And they're in, by the way, they're in a completely different galaxy. Um, if you know the cartoon Star Wars Rebels, because this, it, it, there's a lineage to follow to get fully caught up where you have to watch some Clone Wars and then you've got to watch, if you want to get a fuller breadth of a full understanding, you want to watch some Clone Wars, you can go ahead and watch all Star Wars Rebels, which is like four seasons, I believe. And then you watch Ahsoka. And so you know that they got to get to Grand Admiral Thrawn because they have a super uh, light space thingy that goes from one galaxy to a whole new galaxy. And so instead of doing that, you have them hanging out with these cute new creatures, which, oh my God, like when I saw the new creatures... I feel like every Star Wars project has that at least one thing. Um, the Mandalorian had it with with Grogu, FKA Baby Yoda. Um, Ahsoka has it with these adorable little like turtle people creature thingies that like their shells are rocks and they're just so fucking cute. They're so cute. And when I saw it, I squealed with joy because that's that's my favorite thing about star wars honestly like you can keep the force you can keep this 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 the the scruffy nerf hurting scoundrels you can keep the luke skywalkers and the fucking chewbacca's and the r2d2s give me a creature and preferably a puppet like the more real the better and those guys were so fucking they were so cute but you have them in the last episode chilling with them because they got like these little, little vehicles that are on wheels, you know, and they're little people, little, little creatures. So the vehicles don't move slow. So you've got this slow action where everybody's just catching up and it's kind of like, so are they even going to get to the ship? And it's like, on the other hand, it's like, because you, they, um, Grand Admiral Sauron tells the main mm-hmm. night sister that found them that, uh, they're basically the reason they didn't jump in hyperspace to take off is uh, because they were waiting to load all their gear, their transport shit. And about, I feel like, 10 or 15 minutes into the episode, Thrawn is like, yeah, we're ready to go. We can take off. Why would you waste time? <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Why would you waste time trying to go after Ahsoka Tano, the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker, which Thrawn knows about, and he is uh, apparently very cross and not willing to take a chance. 
if I was him, and I kept thinking this whole time, like, just take the fuck off, nigga. Like, what are you doing, chilling, trying to find three people on some desolate planet? Take the fuck off. You have the high ground. Use it. And instead what happens is they end up catching up to Thrawn's ship. Another cool thing that happens, they fight a bunch of stormtroopers and then they kill them. And the Night Sisters use their Night Sister witchcraft magic fuckery to create zombie stormtroopers. And I'm like, okay, we officially, they're, it's Star Wars canon. There are zombies in Star Wars. That's official canon. I'm like, man, I'm fucking, let's go. I'm with that shit. Uh, but as, and why I said that, this is when I say this, this is, you'll understand what I mean when I say that, um, it doesn't feel like a definitive ending is that you think that all three of them, because it's Star Wars, so it's just miracle kids happening all the time. You think that, um, Ahsoka, Ahsoka and Bridger and Sabine get stranded where uh, Sabine and Ezra take off to go confront Thrawn and, and Ahsoka stays to fight um, the Night Sister that first made her appearance in uh, an episode of The Mandalorian. And you think, you know, Ahsoka's going to deal with her and then they're going to get reunited. What ends up happening, the way the series ends is Sabine and Ahsoka are still stuck on the planet in a different galaxy. And Ezra is back on the transport uh, ship of Thrawn's and makes it back home. You know, they trade places. It's almost, you know, well, not even almost it is. It's a trading places situation. Um, and then, funny enough, like, you'd think there would be some kind of story about how or why Ezra was able to remain hidden on that ship. And instead of any kind of explanation like that or a scene of him sneaking around the ship, you just get a shot of um, Hera, Syndulla, and the Galactic Republic. Um, seeing this lone red TIE fighter fly into their port and then a stormtrooper get out and they're trying to play it up like as mystery of who's it going to be like, we know who the fuck it is. It's not going to be Ahsoka or fucking Sabine and it's Ezra Bridger and, you know, that's how that scene ends and the other scene that really made me tear up, the end of, I'm calling the end of season one, is uh, Sabine thinking that she senses something, something like that, and then saying that she thought she, and then walking off in the Soka licking in the distance, and seeing Anakin Skywalker again for one final time in Force Ghost uh, mode, and he sits there, and first he's got kind of like a stern look on his face, and then he gives a little smirk, and I don't know why, but that scene cued with the music almost did make a few tears shed, uh, I thought it was good. It was even, I was like, that's, you know, I would have preferred a little more action-driven episode. This first season finale was a lot of fucking talking, which is like, oh, uh, this pace is, oh, uh, it's not working out. It's not pacing. Um, But that that little, if, you know, if we never see Hayden Christensen again, 
that to me felt kind of like one final chance to say goodbye to his Anakin Skywalker because there was Matt Lantern's Anakin Skywalker and Clone Wars uh, TV series, animated cartoon. And so it felt like one more time to say goodbye to him. And I don't know why, just something about that scene that just strikes an emotional chord in me. Um, but that is, you know, 30-something-odd minutes of me talking about my pains on Soka. Like I said, it's slow, but if you are a fan, if you've been with this shit, if you've been rocking and rolling, power punching it up with the Star Wars universe and media, whether it's comics, books, books on tape, video games, movies, TV series, um, as long as you don't set your expectations sky fucking high, you should enjoy this this part of the ever expanding Mandoverse. Um thank you again, everyone, and as always, take time to check in with yourself and, and take care of yourself. Love yourself and love each other. The world could use a lot more kindness. You know, there's darkness around every corner day after day. And another message I just want to let you know, I didn't but hammering you over the head with this, but we're in the last three months of uh, the year. And to quote a character from Pineapple Express, we're in the jungle now, baby. And the reason I'm saying that is that the holidays are the time of the year that holds the highest suicide rates because it's lonely as fuck for most people during the holidays. So, when you're, you know, out there, there's nothing wrong giving a wave and a smile. Small, smallest gestures can really change someone's day. And it's been scientifically proven to have a better effect on people's mental health. And besides the holidays being rough, it's the holidays being rough and the world getting darker and darker. So just be kind to yourself, be kind to each other. And yeah, I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.